Welcome to the How's Your Soul podcast. We have an exciting guest on the show today. It's a good friend of mine, Ivan Gonzalez. He is a project manager for an architect firm. Ivan, welcome to the How's Your Soul podcast. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Andrew. Been uh, definitely excited of uh, all the work that's been going on here behind the scenes and glad to be a part of it today. Thank you. We've been talking about... We, you've been talking like we have chatted about doing this for months it's been a while yeah yeah it's been uh yeah months is we'll leave it at that and we wanted that. to do it live so actually ivan's in the studio live recording this sometimes yeah i've done it remote with friends but you're like dude we got to do it live what better way you know most of our conversations that we have are in the room so if we keep the same format a hundred percent yeah um so i wanted to bring you on i wanted to talk about creativity one because i think we're both creatives in our own right right you express creativity through architecture design and you've done some really cool projects that i think we'll touch on here and then obviously my style of creativity is with marketing and and, and more visual digital design uh, but i thought dude if there's anyone to talk about creativity in the soul it's going to be you 100 percent. and we we sprinkle anagram talk every now and then like like every now and then in the podcast it comes through so tell tell me what your anagram type is and and what that means to like if someone has no idea what the anagram is sure so yeah and you can correct me here if i uh if i'm a little rusty here on the the definitions um so i'm an enneagram type four um i think that one of the labels for that one is like the romantic um, typically are more in tune with their emotions or, uh, hopefully if you're a healthier four, right, you are in, more in tune with your emotions. Um, I would say maybe what we can perceive on an emotional scale might be wider than someone else on the Enneagram or someone who's not an Enneagram four. Um, and through that, um, with emotion, I believe comes, um, expressing oneself, right. in in various different ways, you know, anything from the way that you dress to the way that you decide to speak. Um, you know, and that list can go on and on, right? So I think that is also, I guess, an, an outlet for the four, right, is the way that we we present ourselves to the world. Yeah. And, yeah, fours feel like they can't be contained by any, like, stereotype. Correct, yeah. I think the the worst, the, what rubbed me the wrong way when I first found out was a four was that someone could just slap a label on me, right? That's, like, the worst thing you can do to a four, right? But once I understood it, I was like, okay, this uh, yeah. kind of accurately describes a little bit of me. So. Yeah, and I'm a three-wing three wing four, so I have a little bit of that, like, individual creative expression. But fours typically are just, like, creative geniuses. So they look for creative outlets. They express themselves in creative outlets. And so um, hence kind of why Ivan's a great person and plus his profession like lends himself to be able to speak to this really well so let's actually dive in and talk about creativity we have a few questions we want to dive into the first one is just kind of setting up the conversation a little bit right how does creativity impact the soul because I think even if you're not right let's get it outside of the Enneagram (laughs) even if you don't kind of self-assess yourself as a creative person I think you're always going to have some outlet of like expression of, of yourself right and that could be deemed creativity or, or, or not but but creativity kind of exists in any in everyone I think to some degree some people make it a profession like you and I and I think other people um, it can just come out at times and so as we talk about the concept of creativity and its impact in the soul how do you think um, one, how do you think it, it, it expresses itself? And two, how, what do you think long-term creativity does for the soul? Is it good? Is it bad? Is it like, how does that work? Yeah, definitely. So I think 
it impacts our soul in a sense. I guess let me back up a little bit. Um, so our creator, right? As far as we know, one of the first things, the first thing that he did was to create, right? So I do think there is a bit of that in all of us. Um, and I also believe that when we choose to engage in the creative exercise, that's another string in the strand, if you will, that keeps us connected with our maker. Um, Ooh, that's good. Deep, deep, deep. So the ways that we express ourselves, I think for me as a visual person, visual learner, the five senses comes to mind, right? So the way that I choose, um, what I choose to listen to, the music, right? Different cultures, backgrounds, times, periods. That to me is creative expression, right? When you choose to share that music with others. Um, sight, the way that we choose to present ourselves with clothes, right? And I'm not saying, you know, get caught up on your image, that we are, you know, we have a preference in how we look and how we want to go out about in the world and have them perceive us. So I, I think the way that we dress and choose to look also is a part of that. Um, when you get to things like taste and smell, I mean, I don't even, I don't need to go too far in speaking of the variation of food that I'm so thankful that we have from the different places in the world. Um, and not just out of a place of need, right? In 2023, 2022, we see lots of chefs just, you know, taking food that they love and going to the moon with it and beyond, right? Taking simple dishes and shattering them um, in new creations. Um, as well as uh, touch, right? So if we have dance, if you will, um, different forms of dance. And I know there's a, you know, you can go off more into interpretive dance, but I think any sort of thing like that is, is creative expression. And, and as you get further into different subgenres or niches of different styles of dance, I feel like you see that expression um, ramp up, if you will. Yeah, I love the your preface to the whole thing, right? God, I, do, I think we have this in the show notes later on, right? God, the the very first thing he did was he, right, he created, and one of the I think this I think this is Bema. I'm actually not 100 percent this is um, Marty or not, but I heard from some some other podcast they were talking about the image of God and what it means to be made in the image of God. And there's a lot of different like opinions on that, right? The, the theories and theology can kind of go on forever, but an interesting perspective that he brought to the table was that um, being made in the image of God means having the ability to express creativity, which I thought was really fascinating because that was one of the very first things that he did is he created, then he created man and woman in his own image. And then man and woman not only was to have dominion over the garden, which I also think is partially that kind of thing, the whole reigning and things, but it's like to make better, like to create, which we'll talk about kind of the benefits of creativity is right to like make better, to, to improve upon, which is, which is really, really cool. But I love that. It's not just, um, it's not just innate into the human soul. It's like, it's literally like built in by God, like by the creator himself. We have that creative creativity from the very beginning. And that's part of our like part of our expression. Oh, okay. Now I'm deviating from the notes because this is good. I almost feel like creativity is worship because we're, we're like expressing a part of how God created us and intended us. And it's almost like we're giving that back to him in that form of like creative expression, which I never really thought about before. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I think, I mean, in architecture, I think we could apply that, right? It's like taking, you know, skills or a set of needs right and in taking that to where the design makes our lives better in living right so if we're using a skill a gift that we've been given from our creator to further 
make our world better, our current world better for the people yeah. that are here now, then yeah, I could see that definitely as um because you're using gifts that were given to you for for the betterment of something else. I could see that being it's like service, right? It's like serving others in a sense. A hundred percent. I think that could be so cool. And there's and the and the uniqueness about that is like there's so many ways to be creative. That oh, you're right. Like as 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 service, there's so many different creative outlets that touch like other people differently right like some people they might go to like an art museum and get nothing right they're like it all looks the same or it looks like i don't know splotches thrown up on a on a campus but then they'll listen to like an artist or a band and they'll be like so in touch with their soul in that moment and then the other way is true like someone might not appreciate music but like really appreciate art really appreciate architecture or really appreciate visual design or ui any of these avenues can be like visual expressions of beauty which is directly from the creator okay other question that's off off notes what happens when the freedom of creative expression is limited or removed or restricted and i'm like thinking of this off the cuff too like i'm trying to think is there is there a situation or a circumstance or a historical event where creative expression was stripped and what did it do to the human soul i don't know the the dark ages comes to mind or like did did nazi germany did they remove creative expression i mean obviously there was a lot of things that they they had to fit i think the overall desire of the party at the time right i think we we might need a fact check here but that that sounds right as you're as you're digging that up that it was like any sort of idea that was not part of call it you know the narrative at the time that they wanted was not allowed and i I do recall burning of certain types of literature um and i'm sure art was a part of that as well that's a yeah well that's actually some of the first stuff to go because even in scripture there was a whole stage where uh, I forget who it was, the Babylonians. Um, I don't think it was the Egyptians, but one nation took uh, the nation of Israel over and then they burned all of their their literature. And they and they were without it. Yeah. And then I forget who discovered it, but someone discovered it and it was like revolutionary. Like they discovered the scriptures and then one of the prophets came and read it to the king. Gosh, I'm forgetting like the name of the king. Um, and it was like overwhelming for him to hear the the narrative because that's what it was at the time. It was It was a narrative of... It was like a love story of God's intentional decision to like free the nation of Israel, lead them through trials and tribulations and set them up as their own nation. And all of that has kind of been lost in terms of writing. And when that was discovered, it was like a really beautiful thing. I think personally, as a four, (laughs) when creative expression is... When I'm not able to express creatively what what I'm processing, I think I get really frustrated um because i know what i'm what i'm trying to attain and i can't attain it or um i'm in an environment that's not conducive for that it's almost like i get really antsy um and i and i want to like get i want to like escape i want to like get out i don't like being uh okay rabbit trail this is we're rabbit trailing um (laughs) this is a i'm a i'm a i'm a critic when i'm in church service I, so I also have the three, right? Three wing four. I I don't feel like I can like fully express myself during worship for fear of looking like an idiot. Yeah. Do you feel like, 
I don't know how you jam in your car, <laughs> but how I jam in my car looks very different than how I'm jamming in a public service at church. Definitely. Um, one thing that comes to mind, I think another good example of where we see creativity flourishing and what it does to the soul is when we look at children, right? Children at play. You know, you, you can give a child, you know, an infant, a toddler, you know, a, two wooden blocks and they're mind just takes off with that, right? It can be anything. And I've seen where parents will begin to say, oh, you can't do this activity because of X, Y, Z, whether it's cultural things or you have to grow up and you have to do this. And that's when you start losing some of the ability to imagine, to create, right? Because I, I think it's also, it's, to me, it's, it feels fun. It's playful when I am in a state of creating, right? It can be work. It can be stress. but when you are in in that state, I feel like an overall, it's like a playful happiness, right? That reminds you very childlike, right? So I think that's a place where that can begin to get lost. And then you see people, you know, maybe repressing, if you will, quote unquote, their true, their identities or are part of their identities, right? As people. And, you know, that can come out later on in life in different other ways, right? But maybe because their parents said, oh no, you know, you can't dress like this because we dress this way, right? And that's just, that's a part of, something that they like, something that they love, right? So I think that's a, an example to me that I've seen um, with friends and, you know, different people I've met, for sure. Well, now you're getting into creativity as like a rebellious, a rebellious thing, specifically in the child-parent dynamic, right? It's like parents set up almost like the confines or the guardrails of what creative expression should look like. Typically, it's tied to like tradition, to your point, or some kind of like moral ground, and the child's like, well, this is who I am, or they think this is who they are. Right. And so they express themselves in that way. Did you ever go through a phase? Definitely. <laughs> yeah, I'd say uh, my dad was is an Enneagram 8, um, and he pretty much, he has to have like an understanding or he has to understand any sort of problem or question, and if he can't get to it, it's just like banging his head on the wall, right? So it's just... Um, I guess it's it's difficult, maybe for him particularly, not Enneagram to eights, just to put himself in someone else's shoes. But particularly, I think in middle school is when I started to express myself a little more, started getting taste and stuff that, um, you know, clothes, design, just even electives that I took at school. And I remember one of the very first things that I remember that set my dad off was um, I went shopping with my mom. We went to the van store and this was like first when the when they first brought back um, the checkered slip on vans. And I was like, it's, it's cool. It might be like a little, it might call your attention a little bit, right? That, that design, that pattern, but it's nothing crazy, right? It's a checkerboard. So I came home and then, uh, you know, day goes by next day, getting ready for school, put them on go downstairs. And my dad sees me and he just loses it. He's like, what the heck is on your feet? And I'm like, they're just shoes. And, you know, he just went off for, you know, a good 30 minutes about why I couldn't wear those shoes and how people were going to perceive me. And to me, it was like, this is just something that I like and I want to wear it, right? It wasn't much more than that. There wasn't like this, um, anything deep rooted. I wasn't trying to be malicious with wearing this sort of pattern. And so that was a start, I guess, of a, of a, a long road with my dad, of him trying to understand my expression creatively and the way that I dressed, the music that I chose to listen to, you know? Um, yeah. So definitely gave, uh, my dad a good, uh, a good time in high school and middle school with, uh, my expression for sure. Dude, is that where like your love for shoes was born 
I think I've always had a, a little bit of that just because of the liking to choose how I, I present myself to the world. Um, no, but I don't think, I wouldn't say it, it stemmed <laughs> from a, a negative, I guess, memory like that. You know, okay, not, okay. Not okay. as a positive one. Yeah. So context to the listeners, Ivan's like the goat at having just like the most prestigious collection of amazing footwear that you, would you walk in today or yesterday? You came up with like the Yeezy. Foam runners. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. which have if you look them up because i guarantee most of the people won't know what those look like if you look those up easy foam runners they're very unique they are and <laughs> again those the design behind that when creative expression is one thing right the obviously the way that they look yeah is uh we would say that that someone had to be in a creative state to get to that shoe right but then the design itself of the shoe itself it's it's made from algae right so we're not using things that we don't already have on this earth to make it and then the comfort Right when you're wearing that shoe, it is, and I know people say that about every. Oh, this is the most comfortable shoe. It is up there in one of the most comfortable types of footwear. And the plus to me is that it just looks, it looks rad. You know, it's yeah. it's very different, and I love that about it. Yeah, um, and it still has to serve a functional purpose, obviously. Right. But there's a lot of creative expression behind. Do you know like the back end? Do you know like the stories behind like shoe designs? With a shoe that it really excites me. I'm familiar with the the people making it, right? So maybe not the exact story of the exact shoe, but pretty close and connected with like whether it's undefeated out in LA or um, like Union from LA as well that do collaborations with Nike. Um, I, I am up to date on the designers and what they're doing. So maybe not the, not for every shoe will you get the exact why, where it came from. Um, but there are some times where they do give you a good history and why they um, chose to do that. There's a, uh, a Nike Cortez, which is the famous Forrest Gump sneaker, the one that he runs when he's running all across America. Um, Union LA, it's a store in LA. They collaborated with Nike to release these for the 50th year anniversary, and they did a phenomenal job. And they happened to get um, on the Nike app a time slot to discuss that sneaker, and you best believe that I, I watched all 40 minutes of it, right? Because they're just telling you why this color in particular, why did we do this design or change it up from this? And it was, you know, just satisfying to know that. So maybe not before I buy the shoe, but I'm definitely, it is interesting to me to know later on, yeah, if I can find out. Yeah. And you made a comment earlier too that I want to touch on. You said, and this, I think this is huge. You're saying that creativity is oftentimes, and I think I want to push it back a little bit, but you said it's, it is, you're looking for outside like influence and creative, like, um, what would you say creative creative influence i guess and like how i'm going to design what i'm going to design so you're looking out here like oh i like that i like that I like inspiration that. yeah inspiration there you go do you think there is well let's 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 re-ask this question how would you define like a creative person like what makes someone creative so if we look at what what is to be a creative right just by a, a simple textbook definition right it's someone who can imagine or generate original ideas, right? So imagination, I think when we were children, we all, or, you know, I, I feel comfortable saying that most of us did not have an issue with imagination, right? So where does that get lost? We, we kind of touched that on a little bit before, but I think, so the, I guess the ones that stand out more, the creatives that would stand out more to me, or you asked who, how, how would you know if someone's a creative? People typically, to me, I'd say, engaged more with different art medias, right? So literally, you know, painting, sculpting, designing clothes, designing shoes, 
designing UI websites. I think that's all a part of it. And you see that more because there's people engage with those things more, right? Than your average friend who may not be up to go to check out the new art exhibit down the street, right? It feels like there's two paths. So you, in, even in your definition, you said it's, it's like the ability to come up with something new. Is there, is there like true, like raw inventiveness, almost like Steve Jobs level, like n- conceptually nothing's ever been created like that and you create that. And then I think you're right. I think there's probably like a creative expression that's pulled from the already existing and you're using that as inspiration almost to create your new thing. I think we're seeing less and less in that. Of the raw expression? Yes. Okay. Like I think Steve Jobs is a great example with that. You know who who was the last Steve Jobs, right? Or who on in any in anything, right? In music, in in film and or someone, you know, typically creatives like that will, you know, have more than one outlet for their creative expression. But I do think it it's something that that we're lacking now and I do think it's something that that we need more of for the future, right? There are societal problems that we have that require imagination, right? That to take um to bring realistic resolutions to some of these problems that we have um so i do think there's there's less and less of them but we i think we need people to engage more with that creative part of themselves that's very uh, ecclesiastes of you that there's nothing there's nothing new under the sun we're right we're always we're always pulling in from inspiration outside ourselves but it is i think a, very much like a unicorn to find someone that is still so in touch with their imagination that they're able to like conceptualize very much new things um one of the things and i think that actually goes to and you you just touched on it right it's like we live in a society um where at, i feel like at some points creative expression is, is is like a it's almost like a bonus it's almost like an add-on and yet i think imagination and creativity can probably be the fuel for a lot of our societal or communal problems like problems, right? Having to think outside the box is sometimes necessary to come up with solutions that'll actually, actually really work. And I would imagine in architecture, you probably do that a lot. So we'll say, for example, um, you know, let's say we have a school district that approaches us and they say, you know, we, we have a plot of land, um, but the plot of land is surrounded by plots of lands at, let's say, um, the town of Silverthorne, right? And in the town of Silverthorne, they have, you know, laws of what you can design how you can build things you can't do right so like like, like we would say that that's one right just like guidelines of a jurisdiction right Mm. but then you have you know all the parameters that that an educational facility would need right so we need you know x amount of classrooms we need you know this space to be able to work well with this space right i know education is changing a lot so we're seeing a lot more of like um i guess flexible type spaces um but again you have to take that into consideration with the plot of land that you're given, right? Like that drives a lot of this design now, which um, people, I guess, maybe might not think that's the first thing that right. is a big influencer on like the design of a building is the little piece of land that it's on. Yeah. Um, and then you get into things like budget, right? You know, like they, we always want to deliver um, the best product that we can. And I think we always start with that and aim with that. But then when the minute you bring in the budget, we have to start um, I don't want to say watering down that budget, but we have to maybe sacrifice stronger mm. design elements um, that would be better for the people. But because we have real constraints like money, um, you know, it 
it takes away from that overall creative product, if you will. Yeah. And then I think even within the actual end product itself, their regulations, right? Like structural, the structural integrity oh, right. of the building. Yeah, physics. Yeah, <laughs> that's Those that's a big do, one. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Accessibility. Yep, accessibility. Um, and then nowadays, like a, in the state of Colorado, is a good example. There's um, different organizations that make sure that you're building green friendly, if you will. Or it's there's again there's different um, there's different organizations that have different criteria, but so that we're not building buildings that are wasteful right mm. down to the materials that the building is made out of but to the way that the air flows into the building the way that the water comes in and the way that they use uh, it right so there are other um, i guess limitations like that they go into part of the the process i think that is really important because i think part of the creative discussion as it ties into the soul and one of the things that we'll talk about is how creativity can become evil is creativity without like boundaries or guidance right? or guidance like even when God created and instilled creativity into us, creativity was almost directed. It was like, take care of the garden. Right. And your creative expression was within the parameters of that, which I think is fascinating. And, and in my job, there's creative boundaries. In your job, I think everyone is appreciative that you stick to those creative boundaries because to exist outside of those could be, like realistically, it could be potentially harmful. Yeah, could be reckless. Yeah which I think is so fascinating. And so that dips into this idea of like when the soul is creating, but it's creating without boundaries, like at no expense, what do you think can begin to happen? Not just with the soul that's expressing, but to the people around that soul. Yeah. I think you could definitely see um, maybe inventions or ideas come to place from creative places that they're not good for us. Right. Um, I think one, when I first read your question, the first thing that came to mind was like the crucifix, right? Like they obviously had ways to execute prisoners or people that needed ex to be executed. They had different means for that, right? Simpler means, right? But the crucifix, it, it's like a device that's meant to torture you slowly as you're dying, right? So that to me is like, okay, someone went above and beyond in their tasks there to find a way to execute someone. And I, it wasn't for our betterment, right? Because I don't think that's personally the way that if you're going to execute someone to you know torture them slowly, regardless of what they've done. Um, so I think that's one example that comes to mind of just yeah. tangible ways that we can see creative thought that yeah. is it was not a better visual for us. expression. Like the crucifix is a visual expression and they'd hang them up all on the sides of the roads right? for people to see. Yeah. That's a really dark <laughs> example of creativity. Well, you said evil. Yeah, so no, you're uh, right. That's like, yeah, like total disregard for, um, like people, empathy, love, um, that was thrown out and to create literally a, a monster of a, of a device to express, um, torture and, and death. Um, I even think creativity, uh, can even go beyond, uh, what we believe it's capable of. I think there's a lot of instances of like something, right? Okay. So in today's day and age, it's called going viral, right? Like you come out with a short little video that has a message because creativity usually has some kind of meaning behind it. Typically, whether that's inferred by the author or creator or it's or someone else is reading into it and coming up with their own meaning. Um, and so like going viral is like I created this piece of content and then it went way wider than I even thought it was going to, to go. And I think that has like huge implications as well. Right. For better or worse. Right. Whether whether the creator of that 
content wanted, you know, oh, I only want this for a few people. And then, you know, Nick, it takes off and boom. And now, now it's having a real influence on people, which, you know, who knows what that could be. It could be many things. I think artists specifically have a big responsibility, like, like bands and singer songwriters. Cause like their lyrics can have profound implications on and any generation, but specifically kind of like younger people who are looking up to them as kind of like models. And I feel like I'm, I'm curious if you've had a specific artist that has influenced you in that way, right? They might, and it's so fascinating because like their intended meaning might not be the intended meaning that you got, but you ended up getting there because of your own circumstances. So it's like they had a creative gift, quote unquote, whether that was good or bad for the world. And then people kind of read into their own meaning. So there's an artist uh, that comes to mind, might be controversial, but it, it is what it is at the time. Um, Ye, the artist formerly known as Kanye West, I would have to say is one of those creatives that has definitely impacted me more so in my thinking in the sense of like what is possible and not. I know that we can do a lot that we put our minds to, right? But when I hear, when I hear certain beats, right, maybe just maybe the way that he chose to arrange the drums with, you know, the strings in the song, right? I've, I've had that in moments in different albums where I'm like, I would have never been able to imagine this. And this, the way that he, he brought it together makes me feel something, right? And it, it inspires me. But I see that as well with his clothes, right? And I see that the way with the way that he does set and stage design, which is like nothing that we've seen before, right? He even at some of at the recent Paris fashion show, the the set that he designed the runway there, um, if you've seen it, if you're familiar with it, it's essentially like a big pit of mud that people were walking through, versus a traditional clean runway, right? So it for this artist, for me, I think it's because he's shown his 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 talent in different areas versus just oh well this guy. You know, this guy's a great clothing designer and that's all he does, right? Because he has so many channels in different ways, it's like the stars are the limit now, right? And, and I don't know, it, it, I hadn't seen that quite before with different artists or maybe the works of different artists didn't make me feel that way. And I've seen some great buildings, right? And I, there's other great tons of musicians and, and clothing designers and sneaker designers. Um, but personally, this one just did so much that it's it's wanted me to to make more right for the betterment of people right because all these things music is good for my soul right it makes me dance it makes me happy when i dress in clothing that i feel good in physically from the clothes itself but then i also feel like i i might look good right and then you know you got in the street and someone also likes that right and then they might be inspired to maybe change the way that they dress for the better right for their presentation and whatnot so it's just kind of a a, a bigger sphere with that artist, but there's definitely been, um, yeah, that, I guess, positive impact and inspiration for sure. So, yeah. He essentially showed you that creativity doesn't have to be confined within like one genre that you're good at. Right. And then just gave like the best examples of, of what that could yeah. be. Right. So it's like something to, to aim at or, or if you get moments in, in your creative flow when, um, maybe you're not, you're not producing like you'd like to be, right? It's like, I, I can go back to that and be like, and it, it just kind of revs up this creative motor, if you will, that's kind of a, I don't know how else to describe it, but just it, it, it's, it's energizing, right? It's energizing in my workflow and in what I want to produce and in what I want to give back to the world as well.
That's so cool. Yeah, I I uh I feel like John Bellion was is that for me in terms of uh the yeah, the stuff he produces. So literally I think he's like one of the best artists to ever write about like God and like God's relationship with the humankind. But that's always like so fascinating to hear his message and like his perspective and then in a similar sense it's like, oh, like I never thought about it that way before. That's so good. And it kind of like grounds your soul to what's cool is like really good creativity grounds your soul back to truth, which is fascinating. Whether it's a truth about the world, a truth about yourself, a truth about God, right? Like really, really, really good creativity, like really causes you to think at that soul level. I think there's cheap creativity all over the place, right? It just looks good at the surface and, and it's appreciated for like the inherent value that it has. But I think like amazing creativity, like exceptionally done creativity, the creativity that's touching your soul, kind of like Kanye or like John Bellion, right? It's like it has an inherent, like really, really deep message that like ties back to some truth about yourself or about God or about society. Would you agree? I would. Again, going back to the original maker, right? And and that being a part of us, right? So I do think, I, I do understand what you're saying about that grounding because it, it can perhaps even, you know, remind you that there's, you know, more out there than you or right. It'll kind of bring you back and be like, you know, you're part of something larger here, something, um, something that's good and larger than yourself. Well, and how many people too, on just that note alone, right? God being the creator when they're like super stressed or they're overwhelmed, uh, or depressed or anxious, they're, they're somehow their like natural response is to go like to the mountains or to the beach, which in its own is like, it's God's creative expression made architecturally, right? Via the earth. And you get to experience that. Yeah. Going back to, uh, yeah. One of the, the best designs ever, right? It's the, the world that we live in. Yeah. And there's so much to explore there. And for the benefit of obviously just like physical health, but also like just beauty, like you, you, you hike the mountain to get to the top so you can appreciate the beauty and the spectrum of, of what that is, which I think is so cool. And it is, right, not only is it ground you to truth, but it's so healing, which I think is another aspect of, like, good creativity. Like, really well thought out creative expression is, it, like, it heals in some way. And I think we've experienced both of those, right, in either the same artists or different artists where it's like there could be artists that write music or there could be uh, visual displays, kind of like the crucifix, that is damaging and disrupts community and and hurts community and hurts kind of your own self your own self-worth or your own self-image and then there could be creative expression that heals that right whether it's an artist that wrote a song about anxiety and you connect so much with that you're like oh my and that makes you right that gets you through like a super difficult time i'm thinking of um maybe of a song like this uh the king the king of my heart by uh it was elevation I'm forgetting specific, or was it Bethel? I'm forgetting specifically who came out with it, but the song's called King of My Heart. And it was when I um, when I got fired from the church in Virginia. That song was like the only song to like keep me through all of that stuff because of the message, like the creative expression of that message. Yeah, I definitely can resonate with that. You know, just thinking of some, you know, previous heartbreak in life, you know, just from, you know, romantic heartbreak. You know, there's definitely been uh, some songs there that definitely, you know, I'll throw out Leon Bridges out there that, you know, just his words and the way that they sound and the way that he chose to, to put all the sounds together, 
definitely have a, you know, it's going to be all right type of feeling, right? And, and, and it presents that feeling effect that you're talking about. So that definitely resonates with me for sure. And that's so cool that we as people have the like potential to do that for other people. Like our, it's like our creative, like we're given that ability, some more than others, to be able to do that for ourselves in the world, which I think is so cool. Right. And I think going back to, you know, it's important. We need to get more people, everyday people who maybe don't think they are creatives to engage with that creative part in themselves. And, you know, maybe they're not going to be going to go, you know, serve other people with their creativity like other, you know, like maybe like you and I do. But it it is good for the soul to mm. to engage with that because of the things that you mentioned, like going to the beach, you know, connecting again with the original creator ever. Um, I think all those things or positives, positives for the soul. One of the main reasons why I even did this podcast is because I think there's like, and and the reason why I appreciate having you on this episode is because I think a lot of people, and, and there's, I think you can, you can go so far with this. You're like consumers of creativity. I think specifically in America, I think we're really good at that. Like we're great consumers of, of creativity. And again, I think there's different levels of that, right? Like hiking in the back country is going to be a different level of consuming creativity like from the creator and i think you i think your soul receives a different level of fulfillment from that than like watching a movie uh or something like that but then i think when you engage in creativity it's like a whole different level like your soul touches a whole different thing i agree there there are very few things now as an adult right with the stressors that we have you know you know you have your bills you know some of some of us are having children right yeah. so those type of stressors remove me from that childlike feeling that I was describing earlier right? mm. that that state of play right when you're on a snowboard and you're right in the you know when you're doing your butter you're not thinking about anything you're just doing it, right and yeah. and your soul is full from that right it's happy you're joyful when we engage with those things I think it does the same thing right and, and it might be on a different level but I I think it does a similar effect oh that's so good we we just finished a study by John Mark Comer and he was talking about Sabbath, which I think for a lot of people listening, the Sabbath is like, do nothing. And that's how the, and that's how like the Jewish people took it. Like they were like, don't do anything. Like you can't even walk a mile, right? They had so many like rules and regulations that, and it's, it's so fascinating. Like Sabbath was originally a creative, like a day of creativity. It was meant as this like opportunity to say, you don't have to work. You can just enjoy Go and enjoy, whether that's creative expression or creative reception. And the Jewish like people and, and, the, and the nation of Israel, they created so many confines and guidelines around creativity that it squeezed the joy out of it. And one of the things that John Mark was talking about, because we, we've carried that. Like when we talk Sabbath, typically we're thinking, okay, just do nothing, right? Set aside a day to do nothing. And that could be super stressful and that could be really difficult and that could be not fun and not joyful. And so he was talking about how to to kind of like reinvent and reignite the Sabbath to go and do something that he said would fill like he's it's corny like your joy cup you know like whatever like go do something that like makes you joyful whether that's like again creative being creative like this po- like doing this podcast or receiving something creative like going on a hike or watching an amazing movie or watching the the game right that's going to be on whatever that might be and it's 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 being more active and engaging in that. Yeah, going to a museum, right? Going to a concert. Yeah. I think that's, uh, yeah, it gets us back to that. You were mentioning 
how people um, should be encouraged to engage more in that creativity. Do you think for those that feel like they're not creative, one, do you think that creativity is inherent in every single person? Then two, do you think creativity can be taught? So I do think it is in every person. Going back to the the children, right? Like, yeah. you know, I think that's the best example for me to, to, to be able to say that it is in most of us, right? Because before we're told what things can't be, right? I think the child mind is it, it anything is possible. There are no limits, right? And yeah. I, I, imagination, right? I think it's, it's rooted in that. And again, you know, there are the societal factors that tell us, well, nope, you can't think this way because of this, right? And that starts taking back some of that creative power that we all have, right? Um, and then can it be taught? I'm not sure if it can be taught, but I personally think that you, by exposing yourself to maybe just breaking out of your routine, right? If you feel like you're not a creative person and I'd ask you, well, like, what, what do you do during your, during your week, right? Like what, mm. how are you exposing yourself to other people's creativity to see what that is like, right? Mm. Um, and I think that's one of the ways that people can get away from any sort of creative expression is just the mundane routine, right? Just doing the same things over and over again. So may, maybe not sure if you, it can be taught, but I think it's like working out a muscle, right? It's like you can develop that skill mm. by choosing to engage in certain activities that are creative. Whether it's you producing creativity or like you said, you consuming someone else's creativity. I think the more exposure to that, the more you're going to be like, oh, well, I went and saw Rembrandt's painting, right? And it, you know, it was X, Y, Z and it, it made me feel something, right? And because of that feeling, it made me want to do X, Y, Z. It made me want to go write a song. It made me want to go create, you know, a new type of cake, a, a design a new shirt, right? Like yeah. it could be, it could be endless, but I think it, it does require you to be in what is creative, right? Which is, it could be anything, design, music, X, Y, Z. I love that yeah creativity is a muscle for you what are some ways practically that you flex that muscle you can talk about your job and some other things and then how do you you personally not just like generalistically but you how do you train that muscle so right at work it's definitely like it's it's being definitely worked out and exercised there right i mean they'll give us you know they say look you can place you can have let's say 5,000 square feet and within that 5,000 square feet you have to have all of these things right this space has to be this way this has to be this way and when you first might sit down and look at the paper or where those four walls are you're like you're gonna you're telling yourself this is not gonna happen that's a lot of the times right because these constraints are there from budget from the owner from jurisdictions right so it 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 begins as you have to figure this out. You have to make it work. And so, well, options, right? You have to you have to generate options that you don't have. Well, this is one layout and I have to think of another, right? So so that's that's one of that ways that that muscle is exercised at work. Um outside of work, I don't know if consuming in in this sense definitely but I have I'm not a, a graphic artist or designer, but I, I love graphic design, right? And I have I have tons of artists that I follow online and I'm up to date on their work and it's inspiring, right? It makes me it makes me want to go and do that or, or create other things. Um so I think constantly or not constantly, but regularly in taking what I would call good designer, it's aesthetically pleasing to me at least, right? That is also a way that it, it's adding to to my 
data bank of, I guess, knowledge, if you will, but like creative knowledge, right? Like, oh, I get an idea for a font that I think would look good on, you know, a presentation for, for a, us getting an architectural job, right? Or just the way that they did a layout that I want to use or, you know, or um, is, was my inspiration for a layout of, of one of my architectural drawings, I think is also part of working out that muscle by intaking. There are other outlets. Um, I'm going to throw this one out. Graffiti, right? I, I do not vandalize. I do not go out in public, but I do have some journals where I just like different fonts. That, that's what graffiti is, right? It's typeface with the style. So me just being able to see how many different ways I can do my initials, right? You know, I have, I have a couple pages in my notebook of just that, just yeah. the M and the M-I-G, right, from my first name and different ways that I do that. And that is fun, right? It's, it's like playing because it's, it's a style. It's, um, yeah. So I think that's and then you have music. You're like really into music. Yeah, Shoes. definitely love sharing, <laughs> sharing music for sure. Anytime someone will let me, uh, play some music, I'm always, yeah. uh, honored Dude, to on for it. sure. Yeah. You got the, you got um, the playlist. Right. And then obviously the way, the way that I, I dress, right. I don't think it's looks are, are not everything right. But I think, you know, there, there is a way that the world will, will perceive you from how you're dressed. Right. And it's, it's more about presentation, right. Just, you want to take care of the things in your space, right. You want to have a, a room or most people want to have a room that is tidy and orderly, right. Same with your home, your car. Right. So I think that's a part of it for me dressing. Right. But it is, it is an expression. It is exercising that muscle, right. Cause I have five shirts and two pants I can wear with, you know, four shoes. It's combinations, right? And it's, it is exercising that muscle as well. So down to the little daily things in life, like getting dressed. Yeah. And what's so, I, and I do love thinking about, you know, I, I often think when, when people talk about creativity, it's almost like this limitless thing. And I know we've been having conversations about, no, you know, creativity serves a purpose, right? Creativity should be directed towards the betterment of community or whether that's discovering a truth about ourselves, God, or, or others. Um, creativity exists within guidelines. And what we just talked about, which I think I love is, is creativity is a discipline, which I, I don't think people really like think about it that way, almost because it's paradoxical. Right. Isn't <laughs> yeah. it? It's yeah. so funny. It's like, uh, if, if, if it's a discipline that it's not as creative, it's not as free flowing as, as it's <laughs> yeah. supposed to be. Right. Right. But it is because it's a muscle and you're like to get better at it, you, you need to be disciplined in it. And what's so cool and, and kind of how I want to move towards the end of the conversation is the idea that when we are disciplining creativity, like God can use that really powerfully and there becomes creativity, not just for the benefit of other people, but now it's like creativity with like a, like a mission, like a very specific mission. And we talked about this. I want, I want you to actually talk about, um, the very first time God was intentional. Like he came down to a disciplined creative imbued him with his own power and kind of what the result was it's one of the coolest stories ever so it's early on in exodus yeah or it's later on in exodus do we actually have the reference in the show notes you do have it written down where did i put that i'll put it i'll just i'll put it in the show notes for people to read if they want to and when they were designing the original temple or even before before solomon's temple way before when it was the tabernacle there were very specific dimensions that this had to be by right but then by the the temple itself the, the boundaries of it but then when you get to the inside of it right the decor of it there's the list of all the jewels the gold that they were instructed to use right and they weren't maybe necessarily told how to use it right so it's opening up that door 
for creativity, but it said, you know, God, I, I want it to be this way. Go and do it. And they went and made, they created through that, right? And they in the design of the garment for the priests, right? With the 12 different sets of jewels, right? Like that took some legitimate thought and decision-making design creativity, right? For, um, for the betterment of God's people in that moment, right? And, oh gosh, I really need to look up this guy's name. Let me see if I can pull it up. We have, uh, let's, I'll Google it. The first, the first person to, was it receive the Holy Spirit? I don't, I don't even know what you look up, but it was, um, oh, who is it? I'll have to, I'll just have to put it in the show notes. Uh, oh, here, wait, 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 wait. This might be Exodus three. Bezalel, son of Uri, is that it? It was the it was the first person who who like God told uh, Moses to um, kind of like give the plan for the tabernacle to, and he being a disciplined creative was like empowered to do the absolute best work ever <laughs> probably that he ever did because God like imbued him with with himself but I think that's so cool because God God was so intentional about that whole process he's like I I here's guidelines here's boundaries but I want to be a part of this so I'm going to choose someone who's been disciplined as a creative and I'm going to work with them I'm going to empower them to do this and the result of the tabernacle was like this monumental moment of God for the very first time since the Garden of Eden coming down and being with his people like can we just pause and recognize that was the result of creativity somebody put together within the confines of boundaries and because they were disciplined this beautiful structure that allowed god to come and be with his people i think that's so cool and i think we each are given that opportunity even today not in necessarily that sense of like going and building a tabernacle. <laughs> hey, but if God's called you to do that, <laughs> go, go to, yeah, yeah, you build your own tabernacle. I've not worked on any churches <laughs> yet, but uh, definitely would be, would be thrilled to be able to do so. Yeah. But we do, like, if we're really intentional about the creative process, I think, and recognizing how deeply creativity is built into the human soul, I really do think that we can use creativity on mission and, and allow God to direct where our creativity is. Yeah, agreed. I think there's, you know, I can think of like, let's say, you know, a hypothetical example that I don't think would be um, too far off from a church um, being in this type of situation. But let's say we have a Christmas event um, and maybe we want to try to focus on outreach, right? And so maybe you, I don't know, maybe you're a gardener, right? And you're, you're into botanicals and flowers, right? And so you come up with an idea of a way to outreach during Christmas is, I don't know, you get poinsettias in a specific way and you go and deliver them to people or maybe your neighbors and you're praying over them for a season. Right. But there, there are moments in that in times when that will be presented for that creative outlet for, you know, even in the church or in, in, for God's people. But it's being on mission and it takes a certain mentality, I think, because it's often like it's often at the expense of yourself, typically the expense of your time, your money, but the impact could be, like it's it's astronomical depending on how willing you are to give of yourself and your own creativity right you think of even that example right a gardener uh even creating like we have a community garden that can be beneficial to people that are less fortunate right or or you think of um 
uh, I forget the big organization that just builds houses for Habitat for Humanity. Yeah, Habitat for Humanity. Like, there's all these great humanitarian projects out there that are spurred on by creative expression through different means, whether that's a house or a garden or a well or a food bank or um, literally like a piece of art that has a huge message of hope to people that are feeling hopeless. Just so cool that creativity can be this on fire missionary expression if we allow it to. So one of my final questions for you then um, as we kind of sum up creativity and how it can be expressed differently is you, I'd love for you to speak to that. How are you being creative on mission? And then how do you think other people, if they're not yet doing that, how do they allow themselves to be in a space where they can use creativity on mission for what God's calling them to do? Yeah. So I think just in this conversation and right now, I think I'm being challenged to better, um, I guess, analyze how I am using that mm. right now. Cause I, it hasn't really been a focus of mine to use these creative skills and muscles in mission. Right. So you're definitely giving me a lot to, uh, think about today yeah. and to, to apply moving forward. Um, but I think it, it, it can go back to looking at what your strengths are, right? So maybe you're not, you don't consider yourself a creative person, right? But being able to identify the things that you're good at, right? The things that you, objectively, right? I am objectively good at this. I can do this well, right? How can you use that, right? And maybe just asking yourself that question, right? How can I, with my church, with my Bible study group, with my just community where you live, right? How can you be using your gifts, your strengths that you've been given, right to to spread love to spread the message of of a hope right mm. um maybe that's a way that people can start to begin to to see how in their own mission um start with the things that you're good at right cuz you definitely don't um definitely don't want to start with the things you're not good at right? right so start with your strong suits i'd say and then see where there's a need right i mean how often are we personally going to see where there's a need right i know we'll we're here of it maybe if once in a sunday if they're oh hey you know these specific people really need this or we're we're struggling with this right but you know, proactively, I personally haven't, I haven't been too proactive in my church and seeing how I can be, um, maybe using some of these creative gifts to give back. Right. And I like how there's, yeah, there's different levels. And that was one of the, that was one of the things that Jesus said to his disciples is right. Like start with your community before you like decide that you want to reach the nations. And I think we have to think about creativity the same way. It's like, start with your small group or start with your friends. Or start with your church before you touch like your town, your community, your state, your region, right? It's like, I think we can easily become overwhelmed by like thinking of all these different things that I have to do to like give back to society. But it's like, what can I do with just the people around me creatively or in the things that I'm good at that'll help benefit them uh, or even yourself through that process, which I think is so cool. Yeah. Start looking at needs, right? Is there a need, you know, can I fill it? No, but do I know someone that can, right? And then maybe you two get together and brainstorm something and you know you come up with a solution that's going to benefit other people so yeah. yeah looking at strengths i think and then also needs around you you have the needs of others yeah dang that's good well thank you ivan for being on the podcast i appreciate you coming on thank you for having me andrew it's been a pleasure